0: Talkback Gardening with John Lamb and Deb Tribe on ABC Radio Adelaide, South Australia and Broken Hill. Good morning. Welcome to Talkback Gardening after a pretty wild and weird weathered day yesterday and a lot of rain predicted today. Good morning, John.
1: Good morning, Deb, and good morning, gardeners. And I'd like to also say those that are having problems growing uh, avocados, and maybe passion fruit by the end of today's program. It's also a good morning for them, anyway. (laughs) We're going to look at those two problem trials from a gardening point of view, the avocados and uh, the passion fruit. They have so much potential, but in home gardens they don't perform as well as they could, and the person who's going to solve that problem for us is fruit and nut specialist Chris Perry from McLaren Flat. And Chris is also uh, quite excited about... uh, uh, kiwi berries, kiwi berries, not kiwi fruits, kiwi berries and uh, why they could have a big place in home gardens uh, uh, in not, not too distant future. But mm-hmm. more from Chris shortly, um, we're going to assume that maybe people will visit their garden centre not to buy plants but uh, look at... Th- products, things, protective products that could be in (laughs) their shed, garden shed or garage ready for the season ahead and we'll take a look at some of those like some of the fungicides in particular and maybe some of the uh, sun protecting type of plants. we could make better use of them providing we know they're there and what they do
0: yes exactly so we'll have a chat about those products as well and before we introduce uh, Chris Perry I have to say already have been sent through a beautiful photograph saying this was my uh, avocado tree bought from Perry's about 10 years ago and it's full of fruit which is fantastic and we love the fact that you are our eyes and ears too with the weather and if anything goes awry where you are please do let us know but we'd also love your calls for Chris Perry and John Lamb the number to call is one 222 the text line is 0467 sam says strathalbin is getting drenched at the moment thank you very much for that and i also have three abc gardening australia magazines to give away as a little bit of a special christmas gift a bit later in the program two by phone and one by sms so you might want to get that ready now with your name and postal address if you haven't won anything from the abc in the last month and wait for us to give you the cue to call?
1: Avocados probably are one of the uh, uh, fruit trees from a whole gardening point of view that have great potential. Um, They're easy to grow and um, they should produce bountiful crops every year but often they don't. We're going to take a look at why and the person has probably done more than most uh, to get avocados accepted here in South Australia is Chris Perry, fruit and nut specialist from McLaren Flat. And Chris, I think 20, 30 years ago, uh, was saying, look, avocados have got big potential. Um, and they certainly do have big potential, but they're not without their problems. So welcome back to Talkback Gardening, Chris. Hello, John. Thanks for having me. Do you remember the first time you came into the studio? How many years was it ago?
2: Well, we started... Uh, We started forty-four years ago, and I don't think it. I think that's more or less when you started. I reckon maybe a little after. And uh, I don't think it was very long before uh, you had me in. So maybe 40 years ago.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, would you believe? Uh and we won't give you just how long I've been doing it, but uh, we're going to have to stop soon. So I just put that on notice out there. <laughs> but uh, Let
0: me know, John, first.
1: Oh, well, I, I'm, still, I'm still here. I'm <laughs> still going. God and to hear and I want to talk to Chris Perry because I talk to him often and I learn so much from uh, his knowledge and he's so willing to share that. So let's look at the avocado. Um, and it, in many gardens, the, the trees have flowered profusely and now the flowers are all on the ground and uh, they're not going to set fruit. And you may end up with a handful of fruit, maybe. What's basically going wrong?
2: Well, if there, unfortunately, there's no basic thing uh, it it is it is complicated and it 's not necessarily entirely well known uh, and, and uh, the um, it, it might interest you to know that uh, I had a, a research team visit me about a year ago and and tell me that they were investigating the problem of fruit drop in avocado, which is a significant commercial problem. So it's it's not just you and me in my in in our backyards that have trouble fruit drop is a big problem uh fruit fr- fruit set might is a bit different but often we'll get fruit set and then fruit drop and sometimes uh they sort of happen together and uh, usually usually my customers think uh, the wind the wind's blown all the flowers off and that's that's there 's often you know a, a, a strong
1: spring wind okay I often tend to sort of simplify things and say okay look uh, it flowers and the flowers don 't set um, it 's a pollination problem is that an oversimplification and is, uh, yeah is, could it be a, a associated with a, a pollination problem
2: uh, uh, definitely uh, pollination is obviously the the single thing that has to happen and uh, the 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 two main varieties that really work in Adelaide are Reed and Hass, and both both of those are characterised by having <laughs> a poly, a poly, pollen tubes that grow at more or less typical spring Adelaide spring temperatures. And one of the reasons some of the other varieties don't work so well is because they need warmer spring temperatures.
1: Okay, so and that's uh, uh, I, I need just just uh, emphasise a point there: the, the, the importance of getting varieties which have been tested, and you've been testing avocados for a long time, uh, varieties which adapt to South Australia's climate. And those two varieties uh, you're suggesting are Reed and Hass.
3: Yeah,
2: definitely. And the the odd the odd thing is it's not uh, it's not that big a re- revelation because. Uh, well hass anyway is the world's dominant variety everywhere all avocado all big avocado producing uh, districts in the world uh, produce hass it's the key variety and it's the same in same in South Australia, it's the same in Queensland, it's the same
1: in California. All right, so there's a pollination factor out there. From a, a management point of view, uh, I often suggest round about uh, when, uh, in early November usually, when uh, the avocados are flowering profusely, don't let your tree dry out. That uh, dry soil uh, can have a critical factor. Your point of view there?
2: Yeah, definitely, and, and th- it's a bit... A bit tricky because I suspect uh, typically you get wind, uh, root shrinkage after a, a wet Adelaide summer. So the roots aren't quite as robust as they were going you know, in the autumn, say. So, it, so, they, so they are a bit delicate, and you're absolutely right. The uh, single thing that you must do during the fruit se- fr- flowering and fruit set period is not allow the trees to get stressed for water at all so that's the single most important thing you you do but in general what you do to get fruit is to grow a very good tree if you don't have a good tree with you know fully foliated and with reasonable vigor so that you get shoot growth in the autumn to produce the flower buds uh, that develop over the winter and then eventually emerge during the sunny period in um, in early spring you haven't got a nice tree, generally speaking, you're not going to get a crop.
1: And that brings us to nutrition. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking to vegetable agronomist uh, uh, Dominic Cavalaro, and he was saying, look, how many people put on too much fertiliser, particularly early before the fruits are setting, and, and they're overstimulating their plants with too much fertiliser. Uh, let's get the fertiliser or the nutrition right for avocados. How much and when?
2: Well, uh, the, the, the avoc- yes, the av- uh, Avocados are heavy feeders. So my, my suggestion is that uh, the avocado grower will emphasise quite heavy applications of fertiliser in the autumn months, say from when when it starts to, it stops being really hot, towards the end of February would be your first dose, I'd apply a good, complete, high quality uh, fertiliser a, a couple of times. Let's say the end of February and the end of March, so that the tree uh, the trees are able to take the nutrients up in the autumn while it's very active and store it in its tissues over the winter the the stored nutrients grow the flowers the you know the buds and the flowers that develop over winter for spring flowering and then then the tree is not reliant on uh, Taking up new nutrients in the spring to support the development of the fruit. And
1: that's where it's so different. Most people read their little uh, uh, notes that have been put out for the last 50 years and haven't been changed because uh, the, whoever wrote it, it's not up with the technology and you're suggesting we back off on the fertiliser in springtime and put it on when it's right time for the tree's point of view, which is in autumn.
2: Yeah. Yes, well, that's when the tree can actually handle it. I, I don't... I, it's... It's not. Avocados aren't that sensitive to to the application times of fertilizer. In other words, if you put fertilizer on in spring, you don't you don't kill your flowering, your fruit set, but it just doesn't do much. Just doesn't do much because the tree's not active enough at that time of the year in the soil to to use the nutrients. So, fertilising should should start early in September, say, but. Uh, the effect of that nutrients going onto the soil won't be shown in the tree until towards Christmas time. So it's the previous autumn's fertiliser that
1: gets you fruit set. Wonderful, and I hope... Uh, gardeners that have got avocados are making notes. We're yes. talking with Chris Perry, <laughs> fruit and nut specialist. Deb, uh, I suspect there are probably people may there may want they're, to they're, talk to Chris.
0: They are, but they're not calling on avocados, so if you've got a specific avocado question jump in as well on 1300 222 We will come to your calls in just a moment. Um, but to that, just can I just clarify, the two varieties, Haas and Reed, yeah. um, in terms of the way they look, is the Haas the Smooth skinned or the more crocodile
2: skinned? Uh, Deb, uh, it's Hass H A S and uh, and I I correct you there because some people some people do spell it H A S Hass, which is wrong. It's just not. Ha- it's just so not how HASS. do you spell it? Hass H A S H A S Yeah yeah i W S. I'm just respelling my variety of avocado. So, uh, so that uh, that's just a bit a, <laughs> yes. point, a point of detail. Pardon
1: me uh, for that, but
0: no, please, we like detail.
1: Yeah, all right. And you're happy to take other questions beyond oh, avocado, course. Of, of course. Yes. Yeah. and and sorry, what was what was your question?
0: Just in terms of the skin, just for oh, yes. people thinking which which is which.
2: Okay, well, it, like I said earlier, the uh, Hass variety dominates the market, and all of those. Uh, crocodile, they used to be called crocodile pears. All those crocodile-skinned fruit are HASS. They are always HASS. And they 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 all go dark when they're ripe.
1: Which of those two would be best in a container, a large container?
2: Uh, avocados aren't great pot plants, but of, of the two, I'd certainly choose reed. reed. Reed tends to set more readily, tends to be a little bit more, uh, re, um, what's the word? It's yeah, tolerant of uh, variations because pot plants uh, vary in moisture, and it's one of the problems with yeah, uh, great stress factors. Yeah, it's so you right. want a plant, you want a variety that's a bit more tolerant of variations in conditions. So mm. reed is better. It's also much more compact, dense. Oh, and
1: I do want to talk passion for it good. with Chris, but I think there's a few no, questions we'll, we'll coming in. we'll take <laughs> some questions. So if you've got
0: a question for our fruit and nut expert, Chris Perry, he's here, uh, he's in the studio, he's happy to take your calls. The number is 1300 222
3: This is Talkback Gardening with John Lamb and Deb
4: Tribe on ABC Radio Adelaide
0: south australia and broken hill and wendy is in my law good morning wendy
4: good morning i just had avocado tree question um in regards to planting um i know that it's best in the start of november um is it too late to plant something say next week or should i hold off till next year
2: yes in my humble opinion you should wait till uh till march we we're not very keen on planting avocados leading into the summer because they uh, they can be uh, delicate to establish uh, and in some ways they're not at their best right now. So my suggestion is um, uh, wait till March. I think March is the ideal planting month month in Adelaide and the Adelaide Plains at least for all the subtropicals.
4: Oh, okay. So um, in the Adelaide Hills, um, wait till March but not n- November?
2: Well. No, no. Well, in the case maybe November, if it's no, not no, not November. Let me let me go back. If, if in the Adelaide Hills, you've got to be a little wary. If you planted on the first of March and 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 it was a very ideal spot, a really good spot, then you you'd probably be safe. But uh, the Adelaide, the Adelaide Hills are colder, wetter, more subject to frost. So uh-huh. if I were you, I would wait the full season. Go for next spring, maybe around the first of October.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Wendy, for calling. Hope it goes well for you. Louise is also in Stirling, so you're getting some Adelaide Hills callers today. And you've asked a question that also Dot has asked on our text line as well from Stockport. Good morning, Louise.
5: Good morning. Um, yes, it was whether or not uh, an avocado can be a spallied, and if so, which variety, please.
2: Avocados. I wouldn't call it espalier. That that word espalier uh, doesn't really fit because that that conjures up the idea of sort of branches being led along structures. Mm. But hedged, yes. So uh, okay. you you if you if you've got a, a sunny wall in a mm-hmm. very cold place in Stirling, well, that's a great place mm-hmm. to try an avocado. Uh, but instead yep. of uh, don't make it don't make your plant too thin. Make sure that you've got mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know, at the minimum, I would have thought something approaching a meter of hedge so that it's yeah. always leafy. Okay. Because if you mm-hmm. are, if you, avocados, strangely, are re, uh, very subject to sunburn of the exposed woody branches. The green, barky mm-hmm. branches burn in the sun very easily, even in sterling. So you, you mm-hmm. need to keep a dense leafy canopy to shade the structural part of the tree.
0: Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Louise. That's great. Colin is in Hallett Cove, and you've got a query about an avocado strain, Colin.
5: I want to know
2: if Fuerte avocados are, are good in Adelaide. Fuerte, Fuerte, yes. Mm. Uh, uh, well, Fuerte is Fuerte is one of those varieties that needs warmer spring days to get pollen tube growth, and this was demonstrated way back in. Um, yeah, 40 plus years ago in the Adelaide, at Adelaide University. And, uh, it's, it's an explanation for why Fuerte is not generally a, a, a great variety for Adelaide. So, uh, it, but it, having said that, there were in the old days lots of Fuerte trees around and they did quite well. In other words, they, they generally grew well. They're very big, very big trees and spreading, but, uh, their the productivity was erratic. They had some very good years associated with very good springs, and then and some real poor years. Thank you very much. that. Thanks, answer. Colin.
0: Interesting question. Um, so you come back to your point that Hassan and Reed are the two best um, varieties for South Australia. Uh, Rory is indoor park. Now, Rory, have you grafted an avocado?
3: Yeah. So so um, my kids and I grew a avocado from seed. Um, and we, we, it, it, we ended up planting it out in the backyard, and then um, I've taken it some cuttings from a nearby tree and, and grafted those, um, which has actually turned out really well. It's a nice little tree, but my question was, we, we had it It first-fruited last year, um, and we picked the avocado, but, but it only had one avocado, but when we got it um, off the tree, it just never ripened.
2: Yeah. One, what, what, do you remember you know, the month you picked
3: it? Um I think it was on the tree for almost twelve months
2: yeah okay so well if did yeah. they most avocado varieties or well, certainly hassan reed do take twelve months to uh, to ripen so if you did wait that long uh, then i'm I'm surprised it didn't ripen uh, I think that's it though if the tree was mature on sorry if the fruit was mature on the tree and you picked it and you left it long enough, it would ripen. So, so I'd be questioning whether it was a full, full twelve months on the tree. Ah,
3: okay. Maybe you you need know. uh, Is the tree going to fruit this year? Um, Yeah, it's got a few little ones on there now. And what
2: what was the fruit like? Did it look like? Well, was it a Hass or was it known variety? Um,
3: Yeah, it's a Hass, I think, because it was like you were saying, like a sort of very dimpled sort of uh, skin.
2: Okay, and did it go dark when it ripened, or when you after you picked it?
3: Yeah, it did, yep. It was
2: darkened. Yep. Okay, well, it's a, it's a bit of a puzzle. Uh, I think you'll find that if it is Hass, you've grafted on it, and well done, uh, it will uh, it will work out pretty good. But you won't be, you'll be picking your best fruit from October till March, say.
1: Chris, well, how do you know right. when an avocado Thanks, is sorry. ripe? <laughs>
2: well, you don't really. You've got, I mean, sometimes on uh, a really nice tree, the avocado's, so let's take Hass. It sets in. It sets its fruit in October uh, by mid mid winter. Sometimes it's already a nice size. So that's nine months later. It's already a nice size. Customers occasionally uh, pick at that point, and they and they get their fruit to ripen and they enjoy it, which always surprises me because it's you know it's not really ready. It doesn't have the the fats. It's not fully mature. But you know if it if it's edible. It's okay. Oops. So, uh, to, so in other words, it's, it's a timing thing. If you've got a fruit, if you've got 10 fruit on your tree, pick your first one on the 1st of September, and then you see how it goes, and then you try one a fortnight later, and then go for 10 fortnights, and you'll soon assess how the quality of the fruit goes mm. over that period. Because one of the great things about avocado is the long picking season. Hass will pick, as I Said October till March, and, Brilliant. Uh, and Brilliant. it's Brilliant. the same crop. Good um, reason for having avocados.
0: Exactly. A lot of people on the text line are asking: Can an avocado successfully be grown from a seed?
2: Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, every now and then, uh, a fabulous avocado pops up from a, from a seedling, uh, but it's pretty rare that they're that good. So has itself arose as a not exactly a chance seedling it was a it was a, a process of planting a lot of seed looking for a good variety but the has has arose in that way as a as a bit like granny smith you know it just kind of happened modern modern avocado varieties are very much bred deliberately bred with known male and female parents mm-hmm. to put together the rights the right genetic characteristics.
0: Well look I have to say that that's coming through a lot on the text line. We may as well deal with it now that you're on it. Um a lot of people asking do you need two avocado trees uh, to create avocados?
2: No. No you don't. In fact, uh it's it, well it's it, it really with two avocados we wouldn't we wouldn't have many avocados planted through the Adelaide area I don't think because well, who's got room for two quite big trees? So the the answer is that the two varieties we're talking about, but reed in particular is better at it, are good self-pollinators in our climate. Okay. There is an option for a third variety, which I like, called Zutano. Uh, it's a winter variety, so it gives you, a, if you do have two trees, it's nice to have a summer variety and a winter variety. And Zutano probably enhances Hass. as a a pollinator so it gives you a better
1: chance of getting more fruit. Just a quick question with ungrafted seedlings is it correct that they take longer to mature than a grafted variety? Oh definitely yes I mean
2: (laughs) one of the when I when I first started 44 years ago uh, I used to go around the Adelaide suburbs grafting old seedlings so you know I, I would go into a into a a backyard in uh, well somewhere in, usually in the eastern suburbs, that's where we started eating avocados and uh, uh, there'd be a fifteen year old tree and no no fruit, and there were lots of them. so I would cut it down, create new shoots, and graft into them and turn it into a useful tree.
1: Big reasons for growing and buying varieties, the right variety for South Australia, and one that's already grafted, ready to go. Mm. It's
2: the only way, really. I I do encourage people to plant seedlings, though, because you you never know. (laughs) You might get a
0: beauty. Uh, This texter says, reed avocado is ready for picking when the stems go slightly yellow. So this is that. Listeners' view. Don't know if you agree with that.
2: Uh, there are there are subtle signs, and if uh, you can pick it up, oh, that's all to the good.
0: Okay, we've got lots of questions to race through, so we'll try and keep them as quick as we can, please, everybody. Hyden uh, from Aberfoyle Park. Uh, what's happening with your avocado tree?
4: Well, good morning. Uh, I planted. A, when you say the seed, I imagine you mean the stone that you get in an avocado. Correct. Right. Okay. I planted one of those in a pot. Fifteen or so years ago, it was a slow process, and then I transferred it five or six years ago into a washing machine tub, put in prime uh, potting soil, and the tree looks really healthy. But I don't get any fruit, and um, I've I've been using sea salt periodically to keep it healthy, um, and sometimes I crush up eggshells and put that in the soil, and uh, I get banana skins, chop it up, put it in water, let it soak for a couple of weeks, and then put that in the soil as well.
2: Yeah, I well, you, you, point on that. Yeah, well, you may you you may never get fruit on that tree. So uh, I don't. It, uh, what, what can I suggest? If you're very keen and you want to persist with this, with, with what you're doing, I, I'd, I'd upgrade your fertilizer. So, so go out and buy yourself a, a slow release. Uh, fertilizer for citrus or there may be one for avocados for all I know but a slow release uh, pot fertilizer for citrus and use plenty of it if you use that for two or three years and the tree is lush and deep black green a really dark green and it still doesn't flower and if it flowers it still doesn't fruit then you've just got a pot plant
0: Okay, Hayden, uh, sounds like you've got a healthy tree but maybe no fruit there. Uh, we'll just take two more calls on avocados because there are lots of people waiting on general fruit questions as well. Lorraine is in Port Broughton. Now, you want to know about repotting, Lorraine.
5: Yes, good morning. Uh, I think my question's been answered. I struck a avocado plant from a seed over a glass of water and I put it in a pot and it is now about a metre high uh, I realise we may have to wait a long time, if ever, for fruit. But can I put it out in the garden, or should I keep it in a pot?
2: No, plant it out uh, definitely. Uh, now, given given the weather, especially now, now it wouldn't be would be a good time to do it. Give yourself a good chance of establishing the tree. Grow it as well as you can. You might find it gets too big. <laughs> it gets big to, before it fruits, which uh, could be a problem, but. Yeah, no, it'll, it's, it's well worth planning out and giving it a go.
0: Good luck, Lorraine.
1: If
2: the tree doesn't look good,
1: though, get rid of it. We're talking with Chris Perry, fruit and nut specialist. I had planned to talk in a fair amount of detail about passion fruit. Can and I think what we're going to have to do, I'll make an editorial decision, Deb. We'll put passion fruit on hold <laughs> and put Chris on notice that he's got to come back into the studio around about <laughs> March would be a good time to talk passion fruit and other things.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, The passion fruit story, um, it's just timing thing. You know what horticulture is like. It's all about when when you do things. And uh, I I would just say that uh, the best thing to do with passion fruit is to plant now. Plant or now. soon,
1: yes. okay, right. up. perhaps it's we should have put it heat, on hold. But, heat okay.
0: Let's take this final call on the avocado okay. because there are loads and loads of questions coming out about how to prune avocado. And Aussie in Port Norlanger has got one of those questions. Hi, Aussie.
4: Hi, I've got about a twenty-five-year-old avocado tree. When we bought the house, it was uh, stunted because the the little cable tie thing to hold the um, tag on it had been on the main stem which I undid and then it, for the next 10 years, it sort of didn't do anything. And one day I was about to chop it down and had one avocado. It's the smooth skin one. Now the trees may be four meters high. This year, I reckon I had about a hundred avocados. Um, it, it's sort of a seasonal thing. And I just wonder about um, condensing the tree. Can I, can I prune it to um, stop it being so um it's just like a big canopy, I can wander around underneath it. Um, it's set ten million flowers and you know a lot of them drop off. and um, so I just wonder about do you prune them? Can I condense it? Or you can
2: just- you can prune You can prune avocados I would uh, you you' you've done pretty well uh, and I would be wary of modifying it too much. But if there's a bit that hangs over the fence or over the shed or in the cup, you know, over the path or whatever, don't hesitate to cut it off. Get rid of bits that are annoying. I wouldn't be in a hurry to do an, an a big big old prune, you know, to try and make it small, for example, because mm. I think uh, that that's tricky. It it can be done, but it's not e it's not easy and it's not always a success. So but- just take off the bits you don't like.
0: Thanks, Ozzy. yes. And look, before we leave avocados, just two comments. Jill says, I bought an avocado from Perry's 35 years ago. It's magnificent with lots of fruits at Victor Harbour. It's a bacon.
2: Oh, well, excellent. Uh, bake, bacon. <laughs> a bacon. whole other variety. Bacon's not one of my favourites, but it that's great. Um, I, I actually, I'd love, I'd love to hear about that in detail sometime if you get a chance to call me, because uh, I don't, I don't expect bacon to be a self-pollinator, but Mm. it sounds like yours might be.
0: That's good. And this person says, I don't have any avocado questions, but I do have an avocado tree and wanted to say how I'm finding Chris' insights very useful. So thank you for that. We are going to talk more uh, about different fruits in just a moment. Chris Perry is our special guest, fruit and nut expert. you will talk about gardening with John Lamb and Deb Tribe. Talk Back Gardening with John Lamb and Deb Tribe
4: on ABC Radio Adelaide, South Australia and
0: Broken Hill. Good morning. Talk Back Gardening, a very special edition today with Chris Perry in the chair, fruit and nut expert. John, you've got some specific questions for Chris before we get back to the phone lines.
1: Chris Perry has been responsible for, I won't say introducing, but encouraging people to grow fruit trees that probably would not normally be grown, and I suppose a good example of that was uh, the avocado, but uh, he's a strong advocate of people growing bananas and subtropical fruits, and I had hoped I'd have time to talk about subtropicals, but we might have to defer that into the Good Gardening newsletter or somehow, but... uh, I need to talk to you, Chris, about the kiwi berry as distinct from the kiwi fruit. Why are you, I won't say excited, but uh, can see the big potential for home gardeners with a kiwi berry? So what is it and uh, why, how does it differ from a kiwi fruit and how do we grow it?
2: Well, I am a little, I'm a bit of an enthusiast for the kiwi berry because uh, it, it works and it works easily. Which is a bit of a contrast to the kiwi fruit, which can work, but it's it's not easy. Just so vigorous and uh, well, it's not that so much. It's some, well, sometimes they're hard to grow. They're, they they can be vigorous, and when they're when they're on, they are really on, <laughs> and and that's a problem in itself because they're a very big, heavy vine that needs a, a strong trellis. Uh, and uh, but the thing about kiwi kiwi fruit that sets them apart is that they you need one a male and a female plant. And they need to be uh, grown separately, pruned separately. It's there's a bit of management involved. So one way or another, it's it's not a, not an easy plant. the uh, The kiwi berry, by contrast, is a single plant. There's a there's there are there are varieties that need pollination, but but the this variety called isai is a self pollinator and it self pollinates quite readily. It's quite it seems to be easy to grow. It just kind of rambles. You can grow it a bit more carefully if you like, but it's a kind of a rambler so you can run it along a uh, fence or something uh without too much bother. Uh the fruit is is small. It's uh the size of um, let me think a big a very big grape, say. But it, ta- it tastes just like a kiwi fruit. And uh, you eat the you eat the fruit. Skin you eat it. the fruit as well. Like, it's eat like the, eating
1: a big a big big muscat grape or something like exactly.
2: that. Exactly, it's skin and all. So you don't need, you know it's uh, you don't need to take the skin off as okay. you go with it. And it, it, it
1: fruits prolifically.
2: Yeah, it fruits well and it fruits early. So uh, plants uh, a plant that does well in year one will probably fruit in
1: year two. Right, and, and we're talking about a, a tree, a, a vine that's deciduous.
2: Yes, they are deciduous. They're, they're a close relative of kiwi fruit, and uh, you can see the, you can see the relationship. And I think uh, they should be pruned to keep them in some kind of order. Uh, but you know that's it. It's just a, and they ripen in February.
1: And full sun.
2: Uh, I think they, they like kiwi fruit. They're a little bit delicate in the height of summer, so a little bit of light shade wouldn't hurt. But, yes, they will grow in full And, and
1: you've looked at different varieties and you've come on this particular variety. Yes, yes. And you call it I-Z. I, 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 S-I, I, I-S-S-A-I. Oh, I've got the spelling of that one wrong too. Give me that spelling again.
2: And
0: How's it pronounced? I. Yes, I.
1: Okay, Isai. I-S-S-A-I. Right. And you've tried that one, obviously, and it's ready to go. Yeah, and
2: it makes quite a good pot plant. So, you know, it's... It's, it's just, it's just a, another, another plant that uh, any reasonable garden can expect to grow and get fruit off in a reasonable time. Yes,
1: there are many people that have got their little small courtyards and they've got a nice sunny wall mm. and they'd like to have something growing against it that would produce something productive and a kiwi berry could be one of those. Exactly.
0: Chris if you don't mind can we just throw a few final non-avocado related questions no in both you, of your directions. You, you do what you want. To do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. <laughs> Dorothy's in Beverly has been waiting patiently with a pistachio question. Hi Dorothy. Oh good
5: morning how are you? Hi Chris. Hi John. Um, do you got a pair of pistachios from a, a reputable nursery not unknown to Chris and um, I've got a male upwind of the female and they're in their third year and they're healthy about I don't know one and a half two meters tall um, but I'm just wondering when I can expect to see them flower and is there anything I can do to make them happier? They're not unhappy but I'm just wondering, I've I've just been doing generic fertiliser like sheep uh, aged sheep manure but maybe a bit hesitant about using anything like Rooster Booster.
2: Yeah. Uh, Are you... Can you describe the leaf on you've got you've got a male and a female, you've still got two plants. Uh, can yep. you describe the the shape of the leaf on both of them? Just uh, well let me let me simplify it. Are they big and round more or less?
5: Yes, they are, and the thing about the leaves is they on the male especially they've come in at different times in different places on the plant, so the plant didn't consistently go to leaf. Um, it sort of started all on one side to the point where the branch bowed down. It had so many leaves on it, and then the rest of the tree was bare. And then it's sort of popping up with a little sprigs still through whatever we are now, December, with leaves elsewhere on the plant. So it's kind of a bit strange looking.
2: I, I might need more time than I've got here to uh, help you, but um, as long as the, the the leaves on both trees are not Small, fine, feathery leaves, then you, <clears throat> you you don't have rootstock growth. That's what I was immediately concerned with. Your trees should have flowered well and truly by now. So, uh, uh, I, the, the, the flower buds are, uh, are big buds, and you'll start to see them uh, in, say, in February at the base of the initial shoot so the shoot that's growing now will put the, it, the fruit buds that are, the buds that appear at its base will be big if they if they are not big then they're not flowers mm. so i think uh my best suggestion is give me a phone call i know I, I need to get into it <laughs> sorry dorothy you might
0: need to get onto that one off there dragon fruit is the issue for david in Ethelston. hi david
2: hi good morning
5: i have three dragon fruit white-skinned uh, white-skinned four years old now, two years ago I produced four flowers and three very delicious fruit but it hasn't flowered or fruited since it goes approximately three meters vertically and then spreads out horizontally on a pagola and get some probably five
2: hours a day. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, well, dra- dragon. F- there, are, there are lots of dragon fruit varieties. It is possible your variety is not not that good, not that suited to to where you're growing it. Certainly, I've got a variety like that. It just uh, in in the spot that I've got it. It's not really hot enough for long enough to get the fruit to set. Uh, but um, five hours of sunshine, of sunshine a day might be limiting. Uh, that might be the issue. Certainly, they need a, they need long, warm periods when they're flowering in the autumn uh, to uh, set the fruit, and then to have the fruit mature to the point where they don't rot in the during the winter. So it's it's it's, it's not easy. I. Uh, if you can't increase the sunshine on the, on the plant, then it, it may never be a success.
0: Oh, sorry about that, David, but thank you very much for the call. Bernie in Brighton, what's happened to your apple tree?
5: Yeah. Good morning, uh, John and Chris. Well, uh, 20, over 20 years ago, Chris sold me the most wonderful little apple tree, which produced tons of beautiful fruit. But it's a mystery apple, and uh, Chris came actually out to have a look at it. Anyway, um, two years ago it stopped dead producing fruit. So, uh, despite profuse flowering, lots of bees, right? Just a few green apples with no seeds. So, guess is a pollination problem, and maybe its companion, its mate in the neighbourhood, has died or been taken out. Now, what can I plant to solve this problem? It flowers mid July.
2: Flowers mid July. Mm. Well, that's a puzzle. Uh, I'm lost with that one. I, I don't know any apples that flower in the middle of July.
1: No, that's right. <laughs> it's most strange. They're all and, spring And flowers. sometimes you get a, a, an apple tree, it's growing and it's fruiting, uh, and you don't realise next-door neighbour had an apple tree and they've taken that out, yeah. <laughs> and you're not getting the cross-pollination. Could, could that I, be a factor?
2: I, I, that, well, I think that's what uh, call is suggesting, that uh, the, the pollinators disappeared and i think that's a reasonable chance. Mm. Uh i I'd, I'd like to i'd like you to uh kind of um confirm, shall we say, that it flowers in the middle of july, i'd expect it to flower in september. Uh yes, in september. Uh and if it does flower in july, well, that that might be the problem on its own because it's it's too cold and there's no no pollination going on. Mm. So uh, if it flowers at the right time of the year, you you I, th- you need to plant a pollinator, and that might be a Granny Smith, say, or a Golden Delicious. They're two good general pollinators for apples. So yeah. consider that.
0: Thanks, Bernie, for the call. Alec is in Murray Bridge coming back to pomegranates. Alec, uh, what's happening to yours? Yeah,
4: I've got a pomegranate tree, 12... 12 years old plus uh, It's been fruiting for, for the last couple of years Last year I had 50 odd nice pomegranates This year I've got a, heaps of flowers I reckon anything over 100 uh, They get as big as a man, some beautiful And then all of a sudden they dropped off Now I've picked up over 100 dead uh, like flowers that have fallen off And I don't know the reason why
2: I, I think it's all to do with temperatures uh, it's been, a, I think, it's been a cool, cool spring uh, in terms of uh, fruit set, and I don't think you've had. I don't think you've had good pollination in your flowers, and then they've just not pollinated, so fallen off. I think that's all it is. In a good spring, you'll get you'll get fruit.
1: Just confirming the fact that soil temperatures during winter are around about one to one and a half degrees below average. So that is a major factor mm. from my point of view.
2: Yes. Could could be associated with uh, root growth as well, but uh, the the key to pollination and bee activity and pollen growth is is more is temperature. Yes,
1: temperature. Yes, yes. yes.
0: Thank you Alec. We'll take one last fruit <laughs> question for Chris who we've had for about 20 minutes longer than we were expecting to. And that's from Norman in Wyala. Hi Norman.
1: Oh, good morning. Look, uh, I've got a uh, dwarf clingstone uh, peach tree. Uh, it was growing beautifully, uh, nice and green, had plenty of fruit on on board coming along. Uh, within 24 hours, it dropped all its leaves. They curled up, shriveled up, and dropped off the tree. Yeah. I've now got about two or, two or three small uh, branches that have still got green leaves on them. But that's all, and I've got a uh, nectarine two meters away, which is not not affected.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, it's uh, whatever it is is pretty uh, cataclysmic, isn't it? Uh, I've got a feeling that your trees had it. I, I don't. Re- I don't know why. Uh, the, the first thing to do, I'd suggest, is to uh, get a get a sharpish blade and and scratch around in the bark and see if when you scrape off the brown surface layer of the bark, there is green bark underneath. My prediction is you'll find that, that the bark is dead uh, and I'm, I'm sorry to say your your tree might be dead, effectively dead, not totally, but on, well on the way to being dead and therefore needing a replacement.
0: Sorry about bad news there, Norman. <laughs> John... <laughs> It's been a very busy morning of questions for Chris Perry and there are there are so many on the text line that we're just not gonna have an opportunity yes, to put. I
1: love talking to Chris in the studio and I'm sure all listeners are Wonderful, just sitting there listening to him. And it's your ability, Chris, to be able to listen to the question and then put your finger on the issue. A lot of those questions, I shudder sometimes when those kind of questions come in, because there could be so many possibilities. And you have that ability to come right in on the particular issue and confirm it and give them the answer and... I uh, just thank you very much for sharing your knowledge over many, many years. And uh, I look forward to uh, giving you a little notice, say, in March, around <laughs> about then we'll talk again uh, and uh, about other fruits. And uh, thank you most kindly for today's contribution. It's a pleasure, John.
0: Thank you very much, Chris Perry, fruit and nut expert. Great to have him in the studio. Thank you for your many questions. We have three ABC Gardening Australia magazines to give away to you, two by phone, one by SMS. Have your name and postal address. Send it through to us on 0467 891. Or if you want, you can call in on 1300 222 The only thing is don't call if you've won anything from us in the last month. Let's share the love around this Christmas.
3: This is Talkback Gardening with John Lamb
4: and Deb Tribe sale. on ABC Radio Adelaide.
3: It is
0: around South Australia and Broken Hill also. We are Talk Back Gardening with John Lamb and Peter is in Cummins and you've got a lawn problem there, Peter. What's the problem?
4: Yes, Deb and John, I've got Anna Cooch right around the house and I've But in the last five or six years, I've had um, kikuyu just starting up in the corner, and I've sprayed it with everything. I'm a farmer. I've sprayed it with all sorts of stuff, Um, even a light dose of Roundup, which knocked them both back, and both of them have got going again, obviously. But I was just wondering, is there some selective herbicide that I can use to knock that kikuyu out
5: of the Santa
1: No. (laughs) That's the simple answer. from a home gardening point of view, you could go to a lawn specialist uh, like a, a uh, Stefan Palm. Uh, there are lawn specialists out there. They're the, they're the people that put out the turf and stuff like that. They have access to chemicals, and there are uh, types of uh, very selective kind of chemicals that will take, say, a grass out of a broadleaf, and that's available mm. to home gardeners. But for something that will take cooch out of Kaikuyu mm. or vice versa, I'm not aware that that's available. Um, okay. I'll talk to Chris during the week <laughs> and just ask him whether there is such a chemical. Um, so if there is, I can include that into next week's newsletter, Good Gardening mm. Newsletter. But uh, I don't think I'd be too optimistic about that one, Peter. Yeah, it
0: sounds like you're giving uh, a red-hot go yourself there, Peter. <laughs>
1: Thank
5: you very much.
0: No, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. We'll take one more call this morning, and that is Don in Lobethal wants some advice on pruning a camellia. Good morning, Don. Oh, how are you this morning? We're well, thank you. Yes, yes
5: I enjoy your show. Now, my question is I've got two, three camellias, and they're starting to get a bit too high. I'd like to trim them down. Is it possible to do that? And what time of the year and how much can you cut
1: off? Yes, you can do that now. Um, I wouldn't leave it too much longer. Presumably they're not going to be in full sun during summer? Yeah, well, they are, yes, they're outside. I know. And uh, But during summer they'll be in full sun is what I'm suggesting. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, they will be there in the garden. Mm. No, I okay well I wouldn't be cutting them back too hard um, if you wanted to just slow them down you could get uh, secateurs or hedge clippers and just take the tips out that will slow them down and help but produce more side branches and then I would think that if you wait until after next season's flowering if you want to reshape it do it then it's I think I'm concerned that, okay, it's mild at the moment. We don't think we're going to get any hot weather, but we are. We're going to get hot weather during that summer period. And uh, I think that if you cut back now, you expose the branches to sunburn, and you might set the tree back quite considerably. So don't do it now. Tip prune and... Do the reshaping probably after flowering Which is probably early ne- early spring next year
0: Okay Don, thank you very much for the call Congratulations to our magazine winners David in Wyala, Ingrid in McGill and Ruth in Aberfoyle Park Now John, um, you just mentioned There is going to be hot weather ahead So what sort of preventative products Or protective products Should we be looking at Having in our garden shed Ready for that hot weather
1: There are a number of what I call new age chemicals And one that's not so much a new age but it's been around for a long time but not widely used is what's called drought shield drought shield and it's a polymer it's like sort of putting a a layer of uh, of cling cling wrap over your uh, trees and it protects them the tree can still transpire but it reduces transpiration and it also protects it from the sun. The thing is, commercial growers, fruit growers and commercial plant growers uh, have been using drought shield and the variations on our, our theme for a long time. It's out there, it's just a, you buy a little bottle, mix it up with water, spray it on your plants, and uh, you'll find it is absolutely brilliant. For those of you that have a live Christmas tree, get some drought shield and spray your live Christmas tree with J- a drought shield It'll extend the life of it probably by a couple of weeks. It's just a very useful chemical which could and should be used more widely. So
0: is it like sunscreen for plants, it's John? a
1: brilliant description there, Deb. Well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So drought shield, there's others, wilt knots and other v- variations on the theme. But uh, go to your garden centre and ask for uh, a drought shield or a similar product. It's very useful. <laughs> the other one, probably, we've just got quick time for is your soil wetting agents. The soil wetting agents. Soil is wet but now's the time to apply a soil wetter because if you use that the soil is wet if you add a soil wetting agent it'll go straight down into the soil where the roots are and whether it's in the garden or in a container uh, whether it's granular or whether it's a liquid use it and those two chemicals I think are two types of chemicals that could and should be in your uh, garden shed right now.
0: Wonderful. Well, John, we'll see how much rain we get over this weekend. Hopefully not so much that it causes problems, but that it does help our gardens.
1: Yes, and I will suggest that until next week, good gardening.